But you all know, last week we had a special change. How many liked that service last week? I don't know who I was here, but we changed it up and had a raw service. And Dan Gwaltney spoke. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Nick. It wasn't planned. That was decided about 11 o'clock on Saturday night. And me and my wife had taken a trip out of town for a few days, and it was all good until we had a little thing with the airline. And, you know, we had the snow day before that. And so it was kind of like when you, when you stay away from God a bit and church a bit, and, and it, it happens, you start kind of going back to old habits. And the trip was going good, but by the end of the trip, I get, I get a little tired. And I get tired of being on the planes. And I get tired of all that. And I'd be just as good to go down to the lake or something because the travel part of it wears me out. And so everything's good. We're coming back and we're on a connecting flight. And our flight was delayed on the runway. And our connection was so tight already that I knew any slight mishap, there's no way we'll make the second flight. And they let us, they let us book the trip knowing that this airport didn't have taxi runway, didn't have taxi area. Didn't. So evidently it's a regular thing because it's a small airport. No big deal. Oh yeah, we got to go through customs when we get back. I forgot that. So, so Michelle's telling me, we're never going to make it. We're going to make I said, we're going to make it. Quit saying that. We're going to make it. But she was right. So we get off the plane and I am not joking. You know how they got the belt that you walk on to speed you up through the airport? I ran without the belt, past the people on the belt with my luggage. And then Michelle came hustling behind me with flip-flops. And they even, we even got like a woo, yeah, something like that. I was like, what's wrong with these people? Because we were hustling, man. We had, to go, we had to go to the machine, the ADP or whatever, scan our passports. Then you have to go through that custom security. Then you got to go through security again. Then you finally run to your, your gate, you know, and I'm running, and I see the doors closed, and I see that it's like right time when they're supposed to shut the door. And I said, let us on the plane, man. Let us on the plane. I said, I know that plane's sitting out there. Let me on this plane. He says, I'm sorry, sir. We just shut the door. You have to go to, I won't say the airline, but they go by AA sometimes. You have to go to, you have to go to, a, not, not that AA. They got to they gotta go to AA customer service. I said, the door's right there. How are they going to open that door? You're right there. <laughs> I knew he wasn't going to open the door. He says, oh yeah, your seat's 9B, 9A. I said, yeah. You said, so you knew there was two of us coming from a plane that could never make it. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, you knew, you knew we were never going to make it. And so you said, all right, send us to customer service. So this is what, 9 o'clock at night, Eastern, something like that, 10 o'clock at night? I don't even know. We're so tired at this point, I'm getting a little delusional, okay? What's new? We go over to customer service, we wait forever. Poor lady in front of me has had a heck of a time from Cuba, going to Cuba. She's having a fit. And she's starting to wear on me because she's like, they did this and they did this and blah, blah, blah. And I'm trying to like think, okay, I don't want to get all negative, but she's, she's firing me up to, you know, let them have it. So I finally get up to the counter and I stay cordial. And I was sweating bullets, okay? This is how much I, I love this church. I love it. And I was so upset that I was seeing if I could found, find a, a train. I was trying to see if I could find a bus that could go 20 hours and 10 I mean, I was thinking crazy, man, because I'm thinking, what do we do? I got the truck in the, in the airport. I got the key in my pocket for the trailer. What are we going to do? God says, I, I got you, man. You forget about me? So before we get to God answering the prayer, I'm going to tell you about the, the part how I, I compromised a little bit. 
she, 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 she looks for the planes and she says, um, there's nothing leaving tonight. I said, what about another airline? You see Meet the Parents when he's trying to get on the plane? <laughs> it wasn't that bad, but it was close. I'm sorry, sir, there's no other airlines. Okay, what about uh, take me on another airline to another part of the country and then take me to St. Louis? I'm sorry, sir, there's nothing. I'm sorry, sir, your life's over. What'd you say? I didn't say that, sir, you're losing your mind. Okay, so I said, I said you're telling me, I said, listen, I got a, this is what I did. I said, I didn't yell. I said, I got a church waiting on me tomorrow. I said, you don't understand. I got to go. I got to be in St. Louis tomorrow. I said, there's no exception. I'm sorry, sir. There's nothing. I'm thinking, I'm starting to, I'm starting to feel a little pukey at this point. I said, this is not happening. This, this is not happening. And I'm starting to get mad because I want to make it the way I want it, and I can't make it the way I want it. And I'm starting to take it into my own hands, you see. And I'm starting to feel that, you know, that fight or flight a little bit, that little adrenaline. And so what she do? She says, she says, I'm sorry, but you're scheduled right now. I said, what about our luggage? Well, it's on, it's in the thing. It'll take you three hours to get your luggage. I said, all right. Michelle's like, we can't get our luggage? I said, we don't need it. I'm not waiting three hours to get our luggage. We'll just go to a hotel. All right, you guys can give us like a holiday in or something, right? Because, you know, this is obviously your mistake. You know, you let me book this, pl- this flight knowing it was impossible to connect on when they, when they had a hiccup. And sorry, there's, no, we don't, we don't do that because it was air traffic control. You're on your own. I said, you can't cough up $50 for a holiday in? Really? It wasn't about the money. It was about the gesture, man. I'm like, well, what should we do? And she throws, she gives us these little bags. She gives us these little toiletry bags. Is this, is this a pop-up into a nice portable tiny house and we sleep in it? What is this? I think, I don't even know what it was. You know what I did? And this bothered me all night. And this is the point of me telling this whole story. I said, I don't want those. I threw them back on the counter at her. I'm not joking. It wasn't pastor-like. I didn't like say, I don't want them to throw them. But I took them and I just went, no, thanks. I said, you can't even give me a holiday in? I'll go get my own. They said, thank you, sir. And so what I did right then is even though y'all might say, I would have done the same. I compromised for a minute and went back to not Pastor Jeff, I went back to Jeff. Because I let my emotion take over. And I, 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 did, I did similar stuff when I was younger, worse though. And I was starting to have these feelings like, why'd I do that? And I'm talking about the church at the same time. I'm a pastor, this church has got to have church tomorrow. I don't want those, plop. That looks real good. So now I'm really upset, and I, I think I'm upset about the trip, but what I was more upset is how I behaved, you see? And, and I, I'm an open book, and I share these with you not to show like, that it's okay, but to show that we're all human, and this happens. We, we compromise sometimes, especially with no sleep. No coffee all day. You think it's bad with caffeine? You ought to see it without for 24 hours. So anyway... We go down to get the holiday. We go, we go try to find a shuttle. I said, all right, whatever. Just, we got to have a room. We got to wait till tomorrow. I have no idea what I'm going to do. Let's think on it, Michelle. Let's get out of here. Miami airport. We get out there. Uh, sir, is there is a, holiday, it's a holiday in? Uh, sorry, no, no vacancy. Well, you don't have a room? Holiday in? No, sir. Okay, how about that one? Uh, no, sir. No rooms. What are we supposed to do? There's no rooms in Miami on the night we're stuck. We're going to sleep on the sidewalk? What are we going to do? I said, listen, man. What do you got? Anything. We'll take anything. 
Okay, there's a four points. Boom, got a four points room. It was all good. I went in there and bought like two Gatorades, a water, a soda. I was so dehydrated. I drank like four gallons of fluids, like so fast. Michelle ate like a Pringle. And I had like $50 in junk because I was starving. And she had a Pringle. So we get in the room and I'm telling you all this because I finally had to hit a corner and go, what do I do, God? I haven't been in this position yet. This is, you know, we're still learning. He said, your dad's going to speak and you're going to have nothing but the message and an acoustic guitar. It was real clear. I did had talk, I had talked to Nick a bit. We said, this, this is what we need right now. We need a raw exposure of, of me. That's what God said. And I knew my dad, he's anointed. And I knew he'd bring you a word differently than maybe I do in a way that would fit that scenario. And it played out perfect. I got so much feedback this week of how touched people were by Dan, my dad, that I knew God had actually provided something through what I thought was a problem, you see. And I compromised my behavior and my faith in the process when all along God said, this is what I needed you to do. We want to touch people. This was a good reset service to touch people. So God provided that. And that whole story was to illustrate, again, that we go through life sometimes and it looks good but when they hit a roadblock we start to compromise back to our old ways for whatever reason but have you ever found yourself in you know a compromise in anything anybody ever compromised a situation you know you say one thing but then adjust it to meet in the middle all the time that's life but what about with God have you caught yourself being contradictory because of the compromise in the sight of God you know we dress nice for church I got my new jacket it's cool it's too tight by the way but it's cool to wear it that way evidently you show up on time you tend regularly but when Monday comes things shift my lifestyle maybe is not what others would think when they see me at church my actions may be compromised and in fact not in accordance with the word of God it may be a compromised condition I've accustom myself to live by. See, it starts happening more if I'm not conscious of it. God desires, everybody say, God desires to give us the best life we could have. But have we taught ourselves to forget that which is sacred and replace it with that which is convenient and most immediate in satisfaction? Like throwing that thing, man. I really wanted to wail it. That would have been satisfying in that moment. It was convenient, but it wasn't the will of God. Even though that deodorant, it was some like airline brand, probably didn't even work. I should have thrown it. No, I should See, here I go again. I should have thrown it. I shouldn't throw it. No, I shouldn't. No, don't comp. See, it's intentional. You got to be conscious and intentional with your faith and catch yourself doing it. And then day by day, little by little, you can correct the compromises that are happening all the time and we don't even notice because they're instinctual. Sometimes. Have we taught ourselves to compromise our walk, to keep things in our realm of control? I think I prayed for a minute. I don't remember. I was just, this is what you're going to do. That's like how I felt. It doesn't work like that. And it didn't work. They just said, sorry. See you next air flight. Flight. And then I remembered, all right, God, what do I do? If we go to the passage of Matthew chapter 24, verse 45 through 51, 
Jesus is talking here about his servants. You know, we're all called to be good stewards. Even though we are attending church, we are, we are servants of Christ. When we, when we say God is in our life, we are proclaiming the name in everything we do, everywhere we go, all days, all, you know, from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to sleep, we are proclaiming something. And Jesus is talking about wise servants and what they do and his expectation of what that means to be intentional with your faith. In 45, it says, who then is a faithful and wise servant whom his master made ruler over all his household to them to give them food in due season? He says, blessed is the servant whom his master, when he comes home, will find so doing, doing the things he was supposed to do. Assuredly, I say to you that he will make room, make him ruler over all his goods. But, everybody say but. If that evil servant, shady servant, ulterior motive servant says in his heart, my master is not going to be home for a while. Master is delaying his coming and begins to beat his servants and eat and drink with the drunkards. And the master of the servant will come on a day when he's not looking for him in an hour that he's not aware of. And he will cut him in two and appoint him in his portion of the hypocrites. And they, will sh they shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Every time I see weeping and gnashing of teeth in the scripture, doesn't this make you feel good? Just kidding. What that's saying there is, it's not good. It's not good. We don't know if the literal cutting is, we think it's probably figurative, but it's kind of speculation. The point of the scripture there is, God says, when you are my faithful servant, even if I'm not present, I trust that you are serving me faithfully because I'm God and I see anyway what you're doing. But if I come home and I see that you have been changing what I said, that's not what I asked you to do. That's not my will for your life. The title of my message is a Sacred Compromise. It's a sacred compromise sometimes. We, 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 we stand by what is sacred and then we compromise it sometimes when we need to. Not intentional. And this is not about being perfect by any means. It's about being intentional with your faith though. And that if we don't catch ourselves compromising, we have to be intentional in order to, to, to shape our faith and grow in our walk with God. And if our compromise is all the time, then maybe we're deceiving ourselves at some point. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? You guys with me? It's a sacred compromise that becomes our daily routine. That's where it becomes the scripture here. We're all going to make mistakes. It's about being intentional with our faith. And God desires the same uncompromising love and faithfulness that he gives to us from us. He desires that from us. And it takes intentional change to, to see how we, can, how we can grow past old habits. And we want to change, but we don't see change because maybe there's a lack of change. We don't realize we're not changing so we change, but no change. We don't see the fruits of it. Do you know what I mean? Like, what are my goals with God? How do I want to grow with God? What are my goals? I don't know. I never thought about it. So it's something to think about. I'm asking God to change my life, but am I allowing God to change my scenery, to change my surroundings, to change my influences? Am I allowing God to change those things? And I trust that by changing those things, I will see 
godly change in my life. But if I'm not willing to change any of the things and I don't see the fruits of what I ask God for, that could be why, possibly. Am I focused on what I want or what God wants? Or both? That's both a lot for me. I try to like do this thing where it's like, okay, if I can make it what God wants, then I can have what I want. But the truth is, what God wants eventually becomes what you want when you shift in your heart. The things you desired before that you thought you had to give up, you actually quit wanting them. I'm serious. You'll see a change in your desires. Your, your taste for life will change. And what you thought you wanted no longer is interesting to you. So you don't feel like you're giving anything up because you actually changed what you desired. It's really cool. God, God knows what he's doing, but that takes intentional faith. Maybe my situation doesn't change because I won't let God change it. But opportunity for change is through testing your faithfulness and dedication and that intentional always seeking, how can I make myself better? How can I be better? Is how that happens. It's a conscious thing that we have to work at. It's always a work in progress. We're instructed to be good stewards with what we have been given from God. So it matters how we represent and share it with people outside the church. We are to be a representative at that point because we're, we're proclaiming the name above all names. Again, this is not about perfection. This is about intentional faith. Trying to avoid compromising situations. There's a guy, Larry Dunlap. Some of you know Larry Dunlap. He's a builder. He's, uh, he's been friends of ours for 10 years. And he, his family has a church not too far from here. And Larry is so genuine. He, he's, when you meet him, he's just the nicest man. He is the most loving man. And you can tell it's just who he is. And he actually built our house. But we met him in a church. And when, when we had him build our house, the reason we picked him is because we knew he was the same everywhere. He was that gentle, loving man everywhere. I mean, sometimes we're building a house, you know, I say, man, do you ever get mad? Like, do you ever get frustrated? You are so nice. You're making me feel really, really weak right now. You are so nice. And this should make you frustrated because look what they did. They messed up that framing over there. They didn't get the drywall right. You should be getting mad. And he wouldn't because he's, he's Larry. He, he, he represented the love of Christ so strong that I've never forgotten him. And he, he became a dear friend. I thought, man, I hope when I'm his age, I can be like that. Because he is the most gentle, loving guy you will ever meet. And by the way, if you ever need something built, if he's not retired, you can hire him to build. He might be retired now, but Dunlap Builders right out of Forestell. They're good, Christian, loving people that just want to give you a nice home. They're not trying to take your money. But Larry represents that uncompromising character that I'm describing that we're working towards, that in and out of the church walls, he, he represents Jesus everywhere he goes in such a loving way that it's, it's really quite amazing to see. I mean, I just can't see Larry getting mad in the car, you know, when someone cuts him off. I can't see it because the guy, the guy doesn't even, like his blood pressure doesn't even raise in the heat of the moment. He's standing on the roof of this house with nothing. You know, he's just walking around the beams. He's like 65 years old. He's walking around the beams like nothing, just, just cool as can be. I thought, wow, man, I wish I could be like that. Someday, work in progress. But he represents that uncompromising 
love that God wants us to share and inhibit in ourselves. And God gives us the opportunity to shine. So my challenge to you is what are we shining outside these church walls when people say, well, they're a Christian. What do we shine? We're not shining of ourselves. We're shining Jesus. We're not, we're not magnifying ourselves. We're magnifying Jesus. We are imperfect, but he is perfect in us. We are always trying to put the focus on Jesus because he is our strength. He is our life. He is the light. We are nothing without him. And in him, we have life. Amen? You guys getting this? Okay, good. We're accountable when we take on the name. Luke 12, 48, to whom much is given, much is required. It used to frustrate me, my dad would say that to me as a kid. Too much is given, much is required. You're telling me I gotta be accountable? Yes. Too much is given, much is required. Squeaky wheel gets the oil, that's not a scripture, but then he throw in too much is given, much is required. That is a scripture. But it's true. Once we know, we become accountable because we know now. What we didn't know before, we didn't know. But once we've been shared and we've received and now we shine, we know we are accountable to much is given, much is required, and God calls us to be good stewards with the use of his name and the representation of his love. It's a trust thing. It's a trust thing, and it's hard to trust God when you feel like there's nothing going your way. It's hard to trust when you're lacking sleep and coffee and, and, and maybe the job's not, you know, sending the checks like they should. And it's hard to trust when, when, when there's fighting in your house and there's, there's things that just don't look like God's doing anything. How do I trust in that? You trust anyway. You trust anyway. And when it feels like the master's not home, you still stay faithful because he will show up. And he'll say, that's my good and faithful servant. It's a trust thing. If we bounce over to 1 Corinthians chapter 4, it's a, it's a pattern here. Verses 1 through 2, Paul says, Let a man so consider us, the light of the world, Christians, as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. So here it is. Same thing. A good steward is faithful. A good steward doesn't do something different when the master's not home. A good steward is faithful regardless of the master being present. It's a trust thing. Can God trust you? For me, I'm going to say, I think so. Sometimes. Most of the time. Depends what year you ask me. That's a joke. Can God trust you though? You know God can't bless what he can't trust. Here's what I mean. If you want God's promotion to new things, he has to be able to trust you with what you have. He can't take you to this if he can't trust you being faithful with this. Does that make sense? We want everything God has for us, but can he trust you? And if, if you're not sure of that answer, that's okay. That's why we're having this message. It's a trust thing. And God wants to bless you, but he has to trust you to be able to bless you fruitfully. It's a trust thing. You won't, we don't get promoted 
due to our inability to be trusted. Larry was hired because it was a trust thing. Larry's actions showed me who he was, and I knew he was the man for the job. So Larry built the house. It's a trust thing. He's looking for vessels he can trust. Doesn't mean we have to be perfect. It means we must be intentional with our faith. We just want to be intentional with our faith. If we start kind of playing around this church thing, and we, we just play the game, this is just a fraction of the walk. It's, it's about life. Serving God is about everyday life. This is just part of the journey, what we're doing right now. This is a slice of the journey. It's, it's all in. We want to see blessings. We don't want to keep circling the mountain. And until we get all in, we might just keep seeing that same mountain footing. Oh, I want to go up the mountain. Year by year. Year by year. Maybe I should walk this way. Maybe this will get me up the mountain. Year by year, nothing's changing. Nothing's changing. The mountain still looks tall. What's going on? It's like I'm on a treadmill. I'm not going anywhere. I feel like a hamster on a wheel. Nothing's going on, Israel. He says, let me trust you, and I'll show you the way up the mountain. Let me trust you, and I'll grow your life. Let me trust you, and I'll bless your life in ways you've never seen, and those things you think you are giving up for me, you won't even want. Because I got so much better, and you don't even know because you haven't tasted that yet. But when I give it to you, you're going to say, you don't even want that no more. What was, what? I don't even remember what that was. It's so, so far long ago. Because I don't want that no more, because now I've seen what God has for me. And it's changed my desires. It's changed my focus. It's changed my heart. God desires the same uncompromising love and faithfulness that he gives to us from us. I don't know why God won't bless me, but I'm as worldly as they come. I heard a great quote years ago, and I don't remember quotes. This is good. You might want to write this down or, or, or email yourself like I do. It says, if being a Christian was a crime, would there be enough evidence to convict you? Whoa, everybody. I remember when the guy said that. It was some preacher from some church. He says, if being a Christian was a crime, would there be enough evidence to convict you in a court? And we all went, no, there wouldn't. That's not cool. But it stuck with me because it doesn't mean we have to be the loudest one in the room. It doesn't mean we've got to have the microphone. It doesn't mean we have to do all these things. But our actions in and out of church will show Jesus. And that's what we want to see is people, people will be drawn to God through you. They're not drawn to us. They're drawn through the love of God that's shining through you. And that's what they're going to go. Something's different. Something's different about you. What is it? I've never felt it. It's the love of God. It's the love of God. It's, it's, it's untainted. It's uncontaminated. It's as pure and uncompromised as anything is. It's the love of God. Good and faithful servants, what shall we do when the master has gone away? When we become born again, we become advocates and representatives for the king, the body. That's why they say the body. You are the arms and feet, the extension of the source. You took my place to carry on what I started. Steward, you're an agent. You are now a steward for the king, a representative for Christ. 
That's a good thing. How many are glad to be a steward for the king and they have an opportunity to love God and share God in a world that doesn't always get to? Come on, somebody. It's okay to let God know that you're glad you have a freedom to share the love of God. It's not just a sound good thing. It's not just a thing I like to say to, to cause some, some stir, but it's like a real thing. It's a freedom. It's a freedom I forget about. But we can't compromise what is sacred. It's freedom. And we are free to share the gospel. It's awesome. Are we selling God or something else? Are we looking for God to deliver the package? But he says, here's the package. Pick it up. Carry it, man. Anybody got like a, I mean, like to work out at home because they're too lazy to go to a gym? Anybody? One. Anybody do, like nothing? Not even like some jumping jacks at home? Nothing? Nobody? I don't blame you. So my problem is, I'll get the equipment and say, if I get this equipment, then I'll do it. So one year, this is years ago, I bought some Rogue Fitness stuff, and it's like metal. And it looked really cool on the pictures, Nate. I didn't think about, how am I going to put that together? That's a big monster thing. And so the, the thing comes in all these boxes, and it's like, it's like a tank on a pallet, Jim. It's just a tank of metal. And I'm like, well, I don't, I don't. can someone do that for me? I mean, I don't want to like work, I want to work out. Like, but I don't want to put the box together, because it was so much work. I thought, I gotta put this together. So God says, I give you the tools. You gotta put them together, son. Go use what I gave you and I'll promote you to more good and faithful servant. Which by the way, I did put it together. It still sits in my basement. But I put it together and I got a calorie burn out of that. See, I tried, I took a step. And God wants us to try with the resources we have. He's not gonna give you a cherry. He's gonna give you some wood. He's not going to give you a nice house. He's going to give you some wood. He's given, he gave us trees to build. He gave us resources. We have resources. We have to learn how to take what he's given us and take, make more. Just like yesterday's bread. He gave us bread for a season. Now he's given us good soil to grow our own harvest. We don't need the manna anymore. But they had to cultivate the soil. God didn't grow everything for them. He gave them the tools to know how to do it. And that's what he will do as we stay uncompromising in our faithfulness to him. And in order to see that kind of blessing, it requires transparency. Blessing requires transparency. To look, look at someone. I say look at your neighbor, but there's probably no one there. Look, look at somewhere else and just say blessing requires transparency. Michelle, I'll look at you because you're by yourself. Blessing requires transparency. We must get transparent with God. I'm not saying you got to tell everybody your business, but you got to be transparent with God because he knows anyway. He knows anyway. He can see us even when the church people can't. He can see us. I'll just tell myself that's not true and I'll go about my merry way throughout my week. You may be sabotaging your stake at real happiness because of this compromise that we don't even realize we do and we can't hide from God because he's always there anyway he's always there he sees us he's omniscient omnipotent ever present everywhere the alpha the omega maybe we're missing on the joy because we're living this compromised walk but God desires the same uncompromising faith and love that he gives to us from us if we want a new result we need a new way Transparency requires giving God control. I, I, I wasn't being transparent with God until I was in that hotel room and I said, 
I don't know, God. What do I do? I don't know. Like, I don't know. That's when the solution arrived. He sees your spending. He sees our gossiping. He sees our game playing. He sees it. And if you want to be set free, you got to get real with the king. You got to get real with God and become transparent with the Lord. It's a double standard. We can't have a double standard with God. It may work with people, but it will not work with God who knows and sees all. And he doesn't want you to destroy what he intended to bless. He wants to bless your life. And you can prevent the blessing by sabotaging the walk and not even realize it because it's just subtle, subtle steps along the way. If y'all could stand with me as we close this March 17th, 2019. I had to wear my jacket because I figured it might be warm soon. I don't know. Might, might not be cool next year. Michelle will be buying me something else. God desires the same uncompromising love and faithfulness that he gives to us from us. Have I compromised my walk with God? And in turn, I'm seeing a stale garden. My garden's not producing fruit. It's never too late to change your garden. That's what's so cool. Is that's why there's a season. There's always a chance for a new season. There's always a chance to replant in your garden and change the condition of the soil. It's never too late to change the condition of your soil as long as you have air to breathe. It's never too late. Amen. The truth is free and the truth will set you free. What's free will set you free, not that other stuff. That's what we need is the truth. And the truth will set us free. And if we're not willing to be transparent with God, we can become prideful. And the Bible says pride comes before a fall. When you hold on to pride, he says you're going to stumble. Pride will make you stumble. And pride is being non-transparent with God. When you say, all right, God, I don't got it all together. I, I don't have it figured out. I don't know what to do. Help me, God. I don't. No, he says, okay, I got you, good and faithful servant. Jesus loves me, and I'm ready to give it all back. Not some of it. I'm ready to give it all back, fully devoted, fully trusting, because I want to see what God has while I have a chance. I cannot compromise that which is sacred. If we could bow our heads, Lord God, we come to you on this beautiful Sunday in Lake St. Louis, Missouri, and we're thankful that we got to have church this week, and we're thankful for last week, and we're thankful for all the speed bumps, God, because that is what set apart us from not growing versus growing. And we give you thanks today, Lord, and we pray in your name, God, that you keep your hand on us and help us day by day figure out how we can recognizing, recognize these compromised situations that maybe we didn't catch before, but we're going to be intentional with our faith now, and we're going to look for ways to improve as we go throughout every day. We're going to ask you to show us, expose us, and change us, and let us be fully transparent. And if the house of God could say, in Jesus' name, amen.